Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
blood, Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust that sweetest friend. Oh, my holy trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust that sweetest friend, but holy trust in Jesus' name. Oh, Christ,
pray that may the word continue the change that has been begun that has begun in us Lord we are in your presence Lord your scripture reminds us wherever two or three are gathered you are with us Father we believe your presence is here with us Lord and so we lift our voices in worship from you may we enjoy your presence may we encounter you in a different way as the word comes forth Father we pray that may it be a word in season for us Lord a word in season Lord Almighty this we ask in Jesus name Amen Amen. Oh, somebody, amen. Are we ready for the word? Amen. Put your hands together. Let's invite Reverend Gilbert. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let us pray. Father, Lord, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for drawing us near by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for giving us the confidence in knowing that we are accepted in the beloved because our confidence does not lie in our own righteousness but in just the fact that you have approved and qualified us in Christ because he who knew no sin you made him sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Teach us your ways, O God. Deliver us from the spirit of the world and from the spirit of duality in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord. Today I believe by God's grace we would be finishing with our series on spiritual dangers, 10 types of duality. Amen. And um, so let's do a quick revision of the different types of duality. Amen. I believe we've covered up to eight. So tell me one that you remember. Separated and unequally yoked. Amen. Okay. I remember one called what? Spiritual and carnal. Amen. Okay, so that's two. Tell us more. Nasty and nice. The same person is nasty in other circles he's nice or put the other way sometimes they are nice but you see them in other circles they are really a nasty person but you didn't know that it's a dual personality it's like a spiritual bipolar syndrome may God deliver us from that amen okay what else mighty and weak okay that's four there's more goodness and badness good and bad Hallelujah. Anything more? Mature and childish. The person is spiritually mature, but you'll be amazed how they can also be childish. Hallelujah. All right? Worshiping with your heart and what? yes amen so that one is very very tricky you know you see don't be deceived by the praises of people you see if you've been around for long enough it's not everybody that's saying praising you that you should take it to the bank <laughs> the, the check will bounce amen you'll be surprised the check will bounce because there's nothing inside because people can praise you with this side of their mouth and then, and then the other side, they are saying something totally different. Amen. All right. What else? Slanderous and what? Lawyer. Amen. Okay, so um, I don't know whether we finished it all, but we want to add two more today, which is the last two. But before we do that, you know, let's read the scripture from 1 Kings 18 again. 1 Kings 18 and verse 21. You are talking about the 10 types of duality. A dual lifestyle is a, is a disease. It's a disease. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Amen. I think they were afraid. Is that not so? They were afraid. 
He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. You see, sometimes the reason why people have a dual um, approach or dual lifestyle is because we haven't really tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Amen. I mean, if you have not tasted something before, you don't know how, why people love it. Some people, uh, for instance, there's a food called Tizi. Amen. Tiozavi. Which some people love so much. Like, the way they can go crazy about it. Amen. But I have never tasted it before. And so I can't understand why somebody can like it so much. Amen. And that's, that's exactly <laughs> Amen. So as people are, you know, clamoring for it and going through hoops to going to certain places they don't even drive around normally, they will go and get it. So if I'm sitting on the side and I've not tested it before, do you get it? I'm not going to be too crazy about it because, and once someone is describing it, it's foreign. And what is happening is that, you know, the Bible says, test and see that the Lord is good. Is that not so? What has happened is that we have, we have casually browsed the, 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 the surface of God and we have not plunged deeply enough and so we are constantly having our minds drawn by other things which may, may appear to be exciting. Because what's happening is that what is happening is that the world has presented to us a cheap substitute for God. Amen. And these cheap substitutes sometimes is like some things that are made original that are made. There is there is the a version that is made in the developing country, which it's made exactly like the original. Amen. And what is happening is that our God is someone to be enjoyed. And so we need to give our hearts completely to him. But people with a dual mindset is that there's, there's a mind that tells you that there's something I am missing that I cannot find in God. Amen. That unless I can engage in this activity or I can engage in this lifestyle or I can, I can undercover do this or do that. If I, I feel like I am, I am being denied something. Amen. But it is because we have not yet gotten ourselves into the gyrations of God. You know the gyrations of God. That you, you enter into God in a way that there's nothing that can satisfy you besides him. Amen. You know, one day I went, traveled out of the country uh, to attend a wedding. Actually, I was the best man in that wedding. And, um, at the reception, when the brother, you know, at the proposal of the toast, when the brother was speaking, do you get it? He made some statements. <laughs> he said that he has been, he has been, uh, what, what was the word? He has been um, clamoring, maybe I'm not saying it the right way, but he's been searching and searching, I mean, for lack of the, and, 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 and looking and looking, and, 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 and looking around and, and struggling through and never ever had a certain satisfaction and a certain joy until I met this lady. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He said, he said, he said, um, now that I've met this lady, now I am calm. See, if a man can say such a thing about a, a, a woman, how about us and God? We have to discover him. Amen. Are you listening to me? Let's look at this other scripture in, um, Hosea that we read last week. Because you see, this whole thing comes down to it comes down to what would you give up to give yourself wholeheartedly to God? That there shall be no enticement. There shall be no attraction. There shall be nothing that will be, will be shown to you by, 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 by this world or even by your own, your own desires that can, that can take you away from loyalty to God at all costs. Hosea, we are going to Hosea chapter 6. And we are reading from verse 1 to, I think, 3 or 4. Uh, okay, that's First Kings. We are looking for Hosea. Come, let us return to the Lord. Amen. Let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will burn us up. Hallelujah. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his heart. For me, the, the last sentence 
is my my heart's goal. My my goal in life is that I will live in his sight. Hallelujah. That I will live in his presence. Because the Bible says in his presence is what fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. And it's not in rapture. It's not it is not this thing doesn't start after you die and go to heaven. Amen. We must, if we truly believe in it, we must actually practice it now. Are you there? I mean, a person who gets married, right, you will see that before the wedding day, there has to be something noticed between the two people, that there is something going on between them. Unless it's some of those uh, traditions where there's an arranged marriage where you don't know the person and a complete stranger is brought and then you are forced to marry the person. But in a normal, people who know them, they notice there's something. There's, even, even if they are trying to hide it, even if they are trying to hide the relationship, you see that sometime after a church meeting, you see that they are standing, people begin to ask, is there something going on between, between, between these two people? Hallelujah. If it is when in the wedding um, of the lamb, the, 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 the brother wedding of the lamb, is when we are going to feel drawn to God, then there's a problem. Hallelujah. And so, one of the dual things we are seeking to avoid, okay, we are seeking to avoid this tendency to be a man pleaser rather than a God pleaser. Amen. So one of the things that a dual person does is that they are both a man pleaser and a God pleaser. They are trying to please God and at the same time they are trying to please man. Amen. I heard one preacher say, um, my mission is not to make you happy. He's telling his church members. He said, my goal is not to make you happy. My goal is to make God happy. But in the process of making God happy, if you happen to be happy, so be it. Hallelujah. If we make the making people happy our goal, nine out of ten times, we are not going to make God happy. Amen. That's, that was Adam's mistake, brother Ishmael. That was Adam's mistake. Because Adam had the chance not to fall. Eve had eaten the food. You realize that I keep bringing this thing up because it pains me pa, that the guy did what he did. We are in this state because of what he did. Eve was deceived, but Adam was not. And what, what, what would have happened is that if, if Adam had not eaten the, the fruit, right, maybe Eve would have disappeared and God would have created another woman who has not succumbed to the sin, the poison of Satan. And you and I would have descended from a whole different race of, 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 of ancestors. Amen. Are you listening to me? So what we are talking about is that if her face, her juicy, scintillating appearance, and her voice made Adam melt, and he lost his mind in the process. Do you get it? He lost his mind. He decided to please his wife and make his wife happy rather than make God happy. Okay, so let's look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 3. You're going to read Galatians 1, 3. One of the signs of duality is to be a man pleaser and a God pleaser at the same time. The person is trying to serve God, trying to honor God, but at the same time, they're trying to please men. And when you do that, you cannot do well in God. You must have a mind that when it comes to the junction whereby I have to draw a line between what will make people happy and what will make God happy. You are not afraid to be called names. You are not afraid to be called a fanatic. You are not afraid to be given all kinds of nicknames and people ridiculing you. Amen. Jesus Christ and the people that followed him, they were ridiculed because what they were doing was out of the norm. Now, if you just want people to, to be happy with you, it becomes very difficult to follow God. Now, Apostle Paul is writing to the Galatians. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So, like most of his letters, he starts with that. Is that not so? Grace and peace. How many want grace and peace? All of us want grace and peace. In some of the letters, he adds mercy to it. Grace, mercy, and peace. It means those particular, that particular church, they needed more mercy. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so... He starts very quietly. Now look, look at verse 4. So, okay, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age 
according to the will of our God and Father. He's building gradually. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, let's see if he's going to shift gears. Verse 6, he begins to shift gears. I marvel that you are turning away so so. So he has taken, he has taken what you call the usual cases of greetings out of the now. He's about to address an issue. He said, I am amazed, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Because people were going, after Paul has gone to preach, then other people come from Jerusalem to preach another message which confuses the audience. And the people became confused. And he said, look, you came to Christ by faith, through, I mean, uh, by grace, through faith. And now I am amazed that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. He said there is no other gospel but one. There are some who are trying to pervert or dilute or change the gospel of Christ. Amen. All right. And as we have said, okay, uh, go to verse 8. But even we, that is we apostles, we teachers, we the leaders, or an angel from heaven, if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. You see, here's the guy who was wishing them grace and peace. Do you get it? But now he has to use very strong language because how many know that sometimes when you don't use strong language, you don't make the point. If you use uh, uh, everyday language, uh, 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 sometimes you need to find a word. That is why sometimes people who love words, like you are looking for the appropriate word. I remember my uh, economics teacher in uh, high school. There was a word he was always talking about, but he never said it. He said, if you play the fool, I will tell you one word, uh, word and it will weigh on you for the rest of your word, uh, life. <laughs> he never used that word, so I don't know what that word is. <laughs> Amen. He said that even if an angel from heaven comes to teach you another gospel, which we have not preached to you, what is the gospel, by the way? The gospel is about the life that Christ laid down on the cross. Amen. Christ laid his life down on the cross, died for our sakes, so that we shall become what? Forgiven and accepted by God. And, and then before he died, he said, take up your cross when? And follow me when? How often? Daily. That is the gospel. If anyone is teaching you another gospel that doesn't involve the cross, my friends, that's a lie. That's a, actually, he said, let him be what? Accursed. Anathema. Some translations say anathema. Accursed. Very strong language. You see, you see, if you plant a garden, plant good things in the garden, and somebody comes and mix it up and, and plant other bad things, it, it, it's very, it's very, very um, frustrating. Hallelujah. Or if you have, if you have a poultry, you are raising chicken, and somebody comes, because there's a season that a disease called coccidiosis begins to affect them. Do you get it? And, and if, because sometimes the constituents are traveling in the neighborhood, but if you are lucky, sometimes, uh, uh, if you have, sometimes they have preventive things that you put in their water. So you can, you can have your poultry totally um, not affected. So if somebody, your neighbor, becomes jealous that you, your chicken is not dying. So the, one day you wake up and then they bring their, their constituents infested chicken and mix it with yours. How are you going to feel about it? This is what is happening here. <laughs> the gospel is not being perverted. And Paul is saying, look, if any, and he, Paul is including himself. Do you realize that? He said, as I've preached to you the true gospel, if I come back and preach another gospel, a gospel that doesn't involve dying. Because the gospel, the, at the center of the gospel is the cross. And the cross is not just only Christ who died. But Christ is the primary one who died to save all of us. But then after that, he's inviting us also to die. Maybe not the physical death on the cross, but the death on the cross or dying to yourself daily. In other words, saying no to things that you would otherwise feel you should do. Hallelujah. If somebody tells you, because keep in mind that in the early church, later in the writings of uh, John, in 1 John, he, he, he was, there was a teaching that was going around that what really matters is the spiritual Jesus. The spiritual Jesus that 
um, his death on the cross does not matter. Those were the Gnostics. If you, if you do a little research, you hear about it's like the teachings of Christ. The wisdom teachings of Christ is what matters. And, and, and therefore, and, and they, they also taught against the body. Like the body is, is not really important. It's ancient Greek philosophy that ended up in the church. So that they took away Christ's death on the cross as irrelevant. What matters is the wisdom teachings that he taught us. Amen. If we resort to wisdom teachings, then there is no difference between uh, uh, um, other religions and Christianity. But Christ had to go to the cross and die as an example for us. Amen. And that means that, that, means that the thing that is causing you to want to be dual, to want to play here and play here, to please man and to please God, that you cannot say, you cannot say no to your friends. Let's go here. You said, I can't go. Then they say you are antisocial. Yes, I'm antisocial. I accept it. Amen. Are you listening to me? You see, you see, the problem we have is that we want to make everybody happy. You want that's what politicians do. They want to make everybody happy. They go and stand here and smile. They say, You are my favorite people. And they will come to this other town. You are my favorite people. Because they want votes from everyone. Do you get it? But you and I, God has not called us to polity. He has called us to, to be accountable to God. So he's saying that that person who, and if he even included angels, that even if an angel comes, he said, I have seen a vision from heaven that says, oh, you can do this. That angel is also anathema, accursed. Let's keep going. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For now, look at verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I will not be a bond servant of Christ. If you're going in life to make people happy, sometimes it can be a little awkward and uncomfortable when you, you are saying no to people, when you, are, you, you can't do something. But you must do it consistently enough that they wouldn't even bother to ask you. Amen. Are you listening to me? Paul is saying, this is the, this is the categoric statement he's making, that if I still pleased men, if in our lives we are seeking to please men, then I will not be a born servant of Christ, which is by implication he's saying I want to be what? I want to be a born servant of Christ. So you see, if you don't want to be a born servant of Christ, then this preaching doesn't concern you. Amen. If, this, if, if, if it is not your goal, right, if it is not your goal to be a born servant of Christ, you want to be free. The other day I heard somebody say on TV, yesterday I think, that um, Christ has given us freedom through the cross. But the freedom we are supposed to enjoy is under him. So it's not like infinity freedom. Like, like you are free to do whatever you want. Amen. You may say, well, then that's really not freedom. You saved me to be a slave. Yes, I saved you to be my slave. Only that he's a good master. Because there are some people that even though you are a slave, they treat you like a king in the house or a queen in the house. They don't make you feel like you have been bought. Actually, you, you get to mess with their, their family members and there's no difference. When it is, when it is Christmas time, when they are sewing, <laughs> they are sewing uh, uh, clothes, clothing for their uh, uh, children, you and the children wear the same thing. That's the kind of God we are serving. Hallelujah. But the thing that God is warning us against is actually for our own good. Amen. Because what happens is that we taint, we taint, we, 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 we taint our identity when we double in things that do not please God. He said, if I still please men, I will not be a born servant of Christ. So I'm making this wild assumption. I'm making this wild assumption that we are all wanting to be born servants of Christ. Because the word born servant is like literally born servant, where you are marked. Because back in those days, where people, people used to own people, they, they had a the mark on you that this person owns you. So, so the big question is, is that our aim? That we will be owned by Christ. If it's our aim to be owned by Christ, then he is the one we are answerable to. Amen. If you are doing math, okay, you are a student in math, and they give you review, yeah, in this country, they give you review questions. When we went to school, we didn't have <laughs> review questions to go and review and come back. No, 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 no. 
One person wants to ask the teacher, what area should we study? He said, you want areas to study? Go and study Ayudo Flats and Ford Foundation. Those areas. <laughs> Amen. But the, the smart instructor gives you review questions, right? And then you are looking at it. You are studying in study hall. And then somebody comes. You say, oh, I was talking to the biology, biology teacher. And the biology teacher said, actually, these are the questions that are going to come in the math test tomorrow. And so you set the review questions that the math teacher, who is going to test you, has given you. You set those aside. And you listen to a biology Who doesn't teach math? Does that make sense? Amen. So God has set his standards. And his standard is that, look, I am the one going to judge you and I want to succumb to me as your what? Master. Amen. Let's look at another scripture. Very shocking. Luke. Luke chapter 16. In case you may think Paul is what? Beside himself. Which is a code language for he's losing his mind. In case you think Paul is losing it. Let's look at what the master Jesus said himself. Because Paul is saying that if you seek to please men, you can't please God. You can't be a born servant of God. What did Christ say? In Luke 16, let's start from verse number 10. He who is faithful in what is least. Is that time correct, by the way? Is it like 10 till? Oh, okay. Yeah. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. This thing is a loaded statement. I don't want to be tempted to dwell on that. But, but it's like people, you can see how somebody is by looking at small, small things. You get it. Somebody, like for instance, a brother who is nasty to his sisters and his mom, and you are following that brother, he is nice to you, but when he is around his sister and his mom, you see that the way he talks to them. Don't you see that it's only a matter of time you will be there? The <laughs> you can see it by little, you can see little, little, or sometimes even to strangers. Because if somebody is nice, why is it that you are the only person they are nice to? What's about you? They only be nice to you as a bait. Once they get you under under their armpit, you see what they will do to you. So, so this thing is, is basically faithfulness is a character trait. If a person is faithful in something small, they'll be faithful. If you give money to somebody to, to, to go and buy something, and there's a change of uh, what do you call it, five cents, and they return the change to you. Oh, when I when this is the change, five cents. Okay, watch that person. It's a faithful person. A person who thinks, oh, five cents is nothing. I'm just going to pocket it. I mean, what is five cents to Reverend? I mean, five cents. So they don't even report until you ask them. Because sometimes I watch people. Sometimes I watch people. <laughs> so whether they would, they, would, they, would, they would at least come back and say, oh, this is the change. That's all. Okay, it's okay. No worries. The father I have not said anything doesn't mean I have not noticed. <laughs> Amen. I'm watching it. Amen. A person who is faithful in what? That which is least also is faithful in much. Hallelujah. Okay? And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, that is unrighteous money, who will commit to you the true riches? So here in this verse, it's talking about what? Physical riches and spiritual riches. Your faithfulness with physical riches qualify you for what? Spiritual riches. That's what Bishop said that hardly would he, he hardly would he um, employ somebody to full-time ministry. Somebody who is known to be lazy in their secular work. Amen. But you see that that attitude runs through the person's nature. Do you get it? If they, if they cannot be faithful uh, at a secular work, why would they, what would they how would they treat the spiritual riches of God? Amen. Next verse. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? So you see, that thing is building a case. Faithful in small things, then you'll be faithful in big things. Okay? Then faithful in physical riches, then you'll be faithful in spiritual riches. Okay? Now the third case is faithful in that which is another person's. Then you'll be faithful when we give you your own. Yeah. All right? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. So he's talking about how money shouldn't have our heart. So that's the whole theme he's, he's developing. That you shouldn't have money hold your heart. 
But some people were not happy with his message, which is the point, which is going to give us the point we are looking for. Okay. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, <laughs> also heard all these things. Because you see how somebody sometimes somebody is saying something, he hasn't mentioned your name, but you know that you are the one they are talking about. <laughs> That's why Bishop often says that look straight and keep smiling. Because sometimes the message that he, what he's saying is like it's about you. If you squeeze your face, everybody will know it's you. He said. So Bishop Office said, "Look, keep looking straight and keep smiling. Nobody will know it's you." But these Pharisees, Pharisees, they couldn't keep their mouth shut. Do you get it? So he says that they heard all this and they derided him. Okay, verse sixteen, and he said to them, "Look at the verse very, very closely. This is the Jesus version of what Paul told us about if your desire is to please men, you cannot please God." He said, you are those who justify yourselves before men. See? Your goal in life should not be justifying yourself before men, making men happy with you. But God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is what? An abomination in the sight of God. This is a very shocking scripture. That many of the things that men acclaim, that are esteemed among men, actually before God is an abomination. We need to check our lives. Are we into something that men, men are, uh, are so alluring to man that we, we spend so much time on these things? We need to ask ourselves, perchance, is it an abomination to God? That which is what? Highly esteemed among men. What are some of the things highly esteemed among men? Money. Cars. Nice houses. Nice houses. Say it again. Wealth. Yeah. Clothing, jewelry, and, and another one is all these things. One thing that comes is brand names. Yeah. Brand names is highly esteemed amongst men. One brother told me he went to a certain church. Me, it's not that somebody say if you don't have money, you are against brands. <laughs> it's because you don't have money, you can't buy the expensive brands. That's not the case. Because you see, somebody told me, somebody told me, you see, uh, Gilbert, listen, some of the brands, is the reason why they are popular is because they are good quality. There's nothing against good quality. Are we against good quality? But the thing is that sometimes the brands have taken a life of their own, okay? Whereby, if a person is not wearing a certain brand, then they are looked down upon. Do you get it? So that human beings are now into classes. Then we have put people in classes. One brother told me he went to a certain church. And he went to the church. And then I think after during the church, after the church uh, service was over and people were interacting, somebody came and uh, took his shirt like this and rode the, rode the uh, collar to look at the... It's a real person. It's my friend. Wow. Rode the collar and, and was looking at the brand. What are you wearing? Amen. Yes, a real church. If it is original... Amen. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> but, but you see, Jesus, Jesus made another statement somewhere. Somewhere else, which we are not going to look for that scripture. But Jesus said, a person's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. But we don't believe it, do we? We really don't believe it. We have let the word dictate to us. Because of trying to please men, we are trying to, because we are trying to please, because the, the standards of the world, is that, is that you want to be seen as you two, you are going some. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You see, me, eh? <laughs> the, 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 thing, the, the thing is, I thank God for my wife, because He has, she has made me see difference, some differences. One day, there's a certain shirt. I forget, I even forgot the brand of the shirt. But I went to the gym, and that is what I wore. And she said, hey, <laughs> this thing is, this is not, it's not the time for gym. <laughs> Amen. Quite honestly, I don't really care. What I care but you see, you see, everything, there's a balance, right? Everything, there's a balance. You know, there should be a balance. That's why God gives you somebody who will help balance you small. <laughs> Amen. I mean, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? But the, 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 the basic message is that men have esteemed some things so much. I mean, when somebody meets some of these celebrities or something, the way they do as if they are God. Oh, hey. 
there. Somebody, somebody who also has a, a, a blood going through them. Mankind, what is highly esteemed among men? Next time you are pursuing something that is highly esteemed amongst men, think twice about it. Because the big question is, are you seeking something that is an abomination to God? Amen. This point kind of rolls into the next point. It's pretty much another way of looking at the same thing. Point number 10. Impressive and unimpressive. Amen. Because you see, life, what mankind has made, the way they have made it. Look, what's interesting is that um, over the weekend I had a certain brand. I don't know whether it's a bag or clothing. I don't even remember. But they were they talked about a certain company that was almost about to file for bankruptcy. Do you get it? Like they were not doing too well. And a, a certain celebrity wore it. And as soon as they wore it, the company came back to life because people started buying it. Because people look at this almost like demigods, demigods as the standard for society. Amen. The whole world has been commercialized by money. One, one day somebody met a very senior minister of another church, met Bishop Dag outside of Ghana. I think you've heard this story before. He met Bishop Dag outside of Ghana. And Bishop Dag was wearing ordinary, not brand name type clothes. Amen. But you see, there are some clothes that are not brand name, but also good quality. It's going to last. And that person, that senior person, came to the church in uh, Accra and faced the leaders. That, you guys, I can't believe you guys. You can't afford to buy good quality uh, uh, and brand name clothes for, for your bishop. He, he was very disappointed. And they said, no, 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 it's not that we can't afford it. He doesn't care. <laughs> he, he, because, you see, there was a time he was wearing these plastic watches. Because a, a watch can cost as much as how much? A million dollar watch. <laughs> a million dollar watch. And, and, and do, would, would most people recognize when they see that watch? But at least you will notice that it's a little bit above the ordinary. When you go, I mean, people do that because when they go somewhere, they are treated differently. You are, you are, that's why in certain places, when you go to some stores, you will see that immediately people will come and ask you, can I help you? Yeah. And they are following you everywhere you go, they are following you. Because they think that when they look at you from head to toe, you don't, you don't fit that store. Because of the way <laughs> you, you are. These are all the things that men esteem. But you and I, the Bible says, Abraham looked for a city. A city whose maker and builder is God. You see, this world is not our home. Heaven is our home. We shouldn't let the allurements and the things of this world control our heart. Let not our decisions be moved by what men are saying because these people in the world, they are running helter scatter to hell without a clue where they are going. But if you and I have seen the light, why should we let them dictate to us what is right and what we should do? Put your hands together unto the Lord. All right, let's see if we can add. Yeah, impressive and unimpressive. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. What is happening is that often we are able to impress from the outside in our quest to fit in, in our quest to, um, how do you call it? Uh, there's something about the Joneses. How do they say it? Live like the Joneses. Yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. In, 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 the, in, our best, in, our, in our quest to do that, often we take on a lifestyle that we can't even support. Hallelujah. That's how people go into debt. Because, because um, Bishop said one, one man of God, one preacher, he was in England. He was doing very well in England, well, a professional, and then he was sent as a missionary. And where he was sent to, you know, with the salary that he was on, he couldn't afford that type of house, but he, he, he's, he said as a missionary, he, he started living in a, in a place which was, um, a section of the house was not even roofed. But he moved in. But most people cannot do that. Because we are concerned that when relatives come to visit me, when friends come to see me, what are they going to see of me? That you, 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 of all the school that you've attended, this is what you can do. 
So what happens is that in seeking to impress, we end up taking on something we cannot support. Hallelujah. And that is why people go into serious debt. And, 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 and the, the thing about debt is that outwardly, you may be leading a very flashy, expensive life. But if we were to pull the carpet from under you, it's like your net worth is actually negative. You see, thank God for America. Here in this country, you see, the thing about America is that America is one of the places that support debt a lot. Because there's a saying, there's a saying that um, in this country, even the, even the debtor gets to eat. And there's a time of day that creditors are banned from calling you. Uh, uh, debt collection agencies are, are banned from calling you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so that thing promotes Look, the 2008 crisis, financial crisis, it was, because, it was because people were lured into taking on loans to buy homes they don't have income for. Yes. And the reason why it worked was that as long as the, the people continue to have high hopes about the future, okay, so that, so that it became like a, 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 an ongoing cycle, the moment people began to have questions that, hmm, this person's balance sheet doesn't support this. And then the whole mortgage crisis started and it began to, like a card of what? Do domino effect. And that is how it is. That God is showing us that let's be real. Let's not try to impress. And then inside, there's nothing. Have you heard the story of uh, the person who was living in the government bungalow? And, um, you know, everything belongs to the government, to the state. They never bought anything. And then one day, when they went, like they were given, they were given a notice that, okay, now you are 65. Or is it 60 in Ghana? I think 60. So uh, you are now going on retirement. So they give you a time to move out. This person, one village, village uh, uh, relatives came to visit. They thought the person was what? Living in luxury, but none of the things belong to them. This is the same. And so finally, the, the next person who is come to take over his job, okay, they gave them three months grace. And after three months, he didn't have a place to go to. And so li they literally had to kick them out. Because the next person taking the job, they have been renting a flat for them for three months. Now the government is tired. Now it's time to get out. <laughs> you see, the fact that creditors are not after that does not mean that we should put on as something that we can't support. Because you are impressive to outsiders, but your creditors know exactly, <laughs> they know who you are. They can come after your car, they can repossess your car, your mortgage. Amen. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. Who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts then each one's praise will come from God. So this is a general verse that is describing how some things are hidden. Okay, People have secret counsels of the heart. Motives for why they are doing things. Amen. It runs through a, whole, a person's whole life. That, that the way you present yourself so that you look what? Impressive. It's not just only about that. Sometimes, sometimes even when it comes to you have done something, they are questioning you about it. But in order to look impressive, you will cover up. You cover it up. Amen. You you find a nice story, and there are some people who know how to tell, who know how to argue, who know how to talk, so that you will never suspect anything. Amen. Bishop, when we went to the camp, Bishop said, if you know how to talk and how to defend yourself and how to always present a good impression, be very sure that Christ knows the real truth. Amen. Like he said, he went to uh, they went to a, a movie theater uh, in California. Was it California? I, I think it was California. Bishop and Apostle Joel and uh, uh, their Nigerian friend. They went to a movie theater. And, and as they were watching the movie, the, the movie was The Passion. The Passion movie. <laughs> Do you get it? If you remember The Passion movie, it was in Aramaic. And so it has English subtitles. Is that not so? The one made by uh, Mel Gibson. As they were, as they were watching it, Bishop said that they were talking. They were sitting at the back and they were talking. Like Bishop, Apostle Joe, and their Nigerian friend. They were talking a lot. 
And so it was disturbing. It was disturbing uh, 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 one person in front of them. It's like, so the person turned around and said, you people are disturbing. You are disturbing us. And then, and then the Nigerian guy, who knows how to talk and make a lot of arguments and win. Because there are some people who are very good at defending. So he asked the guy, do you understand Aramaic? Do you understand Aramaic? The guy said, no. He said, we are all, we are all reading that thing on the screen. So our the talking should not disturb you. So you see that <laughs> you, you see that on paper he has won the argument. Is that not so? Yes. If we don't understand Aramaic, it doesn't matter. They're not, just read it like all of us are reading it. <laughs> Amen. There are people like that. No, every situation they will always win. They have a way of saying something and, and they make other people look so bad. But in many instances, the real truth of the heart is a totally different picture. And God knows the truth. Hallelujah. So it says that, don't judge anything before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Amen. Then each one's praise will come from God. The hidden things of darkness. The thing that, you see, often when people are trying to overimpress, it is usually to compensate for something else that is missing. Amen. I don't know what I should say, <laughs> what I was going to say. Have you realized that poor people actually dress more? And more glistering? Because, you see, be, be, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't say poor people, but minorities. I should say minorities. Because, you see, the system has suppressed us. And so we need to make our point that I'm around. So we have all this, a chain here, a chain here, a chain here. It's like we have to do that to show that we are something. But you see, a person's true worth is how you see yourself inside. There's nothing wrong in dressing nice or putting nice things on. But what is sad is if we have that outward glamorous look, but there's inside is inner bankruptcy. That one, rather, is the tragedy. Whereby, inside of your soul, there is bankruptcy. Like, 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 like your soul, your, your, your inside of your soul is like, it doesn't click. Like, like something is missing. There's a void. Amen. And if, if, by the grace of God, you have your wholeness, your completeness, that you you, you, by the grace of God, know that you are worth before God. And you also happen to have a lot of dough. Go ahead and dress up. Amen. But if inside of you, there's a hole, which only God can fill. Okay. There is something missing, which only God can. And you don't take care of that. And you cover that up by all the external, external, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 attractions of the human beings are claiming so that you will impress to cover up it's just going to get worse it's just going to get worse because what happens is that a lot of those people are really really not very happy when the music stops and you are by yourself when you take off everything and you are by yourself the true worth of the person is in God and if that is the case if everything is taken away, you are still happy because peace is inner. Hallelujah. If we don't deal with the inner bankruptcy, either of sin or maybe it's not sin, but there is a, there is a, a, there is a self-worth issue. Hallelujah. Which has not been dealt with. And we rather compensate for doing so much that the world or people will be impressed with us. We are not being honest to ourselves. But God is saying, one day, he will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Hallelujah. When he said each, one will each one's praise will come from God, sometimes it's the other way around, whereby somebody looks unimpressive to men and never praised, never acclaimed, never acknowledged, never recognized because they have not done well in what people would esteem or acclaim. Some of those people will be the ones who will be sitting on thrones near God. 
and in the end it's like the first shall be last and the last shall be first but now we have a chance to think deeply and look deeply within ourselves who really are you it's not what people see but what God sees so help me God put your hands together unto the Lord Stand up to your feet. Let's pray and commit the Lord our offerings. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us. Father, we know that your word says, as a father pities his children, because he knows that they are dust. Therefore, you pity us. You have mercy and compassion on us. Forgive us. Give us grace and receive our offerings that we bring to you to honor your name through Jesus our Lord. Amen.